0: LinkedIn bidding a farewell to China after discontinuing its China app in Korea. But what led to this decision? will get a job in the Chinese government one day. That's what prosecutors say the mom of a U.S. sailor said to encourage her son to deliver military secrets to China. Now he is facing multiple federal charges linked to espionage. More bans on U.S. investments in China, new restrictions targeting three Chinese sectors. Chinese economic woes continue with another concern, deflation. Why is this a problem? And what does it mean for the Chinese economy? Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. LinkedIn's Chinese app is saying goodbye. In Korea, shut down in China earlier today. The U.S.-based social media network has struggled to grab a foothold in China. In Korea, telling users three months ago it will be discontinuing the service due to fierce competition and a challenging macroeconomic climate. But LinkedIn will still have a presence in China. That's through assisting Chinese companies to build their international brands and services in foreign markets. But how China uses the service has made headlines. Western intelligence officials telling the New York Times that Chinese agents makes use of the app to recruit spies for China, including former government officials. Adding these officials are often more vulnerable as they're seeking employment. The report notes an agent will make various offers, including a paid speaking gig inside China, as a means to develop the relationship. John Mills, retired U.S. Army colonel and former director of cybersecurity at the Pentagon, warns about leaving what's known as digital fingerprints. They will know
1: your interests, your behavior, your geolocation and they will start regurgitating back to you to shape your behavior.
0: The U.S. top spy catcher telling Reuters LinkedIn has become the Chinese regime's go-to tool for recruiting spies, calling it a super-aggressive campaign to recruit Americans on LinkedIn. The company has butted heads with China's internet regulatory body over the years. A New York Times article in 2021 noted LinkedIn refused to control political content. Chinese officials then required the company to perform a self-evaluation and suspended the company's ability to sign up new users in China for a month. In a 2022 transparency report, LinkedIn noted it got 43 requests from the Chinese regime to remove content. It complied with all but one. LinkedIn gave no explanation to why one request from Beijing stayed unresolved. A follow-up on the U.S. Navy sailor charged with providing sensitive military information to the CCP to get a job with the Chinese government one day. That's what a mother said to encourage her son to sell out confidential military secrets to China. That's according to a U.S. prosecutor who made the accusation towards the mother at a federal court hearing Tuesday, alerting the judge not to release the arrested soldier, Jing Chao Wei. The 22-year-old is one of the two U.S. Navy sailors arrested in suspicion of spying for Beijing. Currently, they are facing an espionage charge, which includes collecting and delivering information to aid foreign regimes. It also includes helping Beijing access information of U.S. Navy wartime exercises and critical technical material. Both of them pled not guilty. Wei was born in mainland China. As a green card holder, he was eligible to join the U.S. Army. The Chinese Communist regime's efforts of spying on its biggest rival, the United States, are rising. However, a U.S. immigration program might open the gate for foreign intelligence agents. A U.S. visa program known as EB-5 requires a minimum foreign investment of 800000 U.S. dollars. Even though China might have seized a loophole of sending its trained spies to the U.S., American lawmakers still reauthorized the EB-5 for the next five years. The program has brought Washington more than $40 billion since its establishment in the 1990s. A fresh wave of U.S. investment bans aimed at China is in the works. The new restrictions are designed to safeguard valuable American knowledge and money from flowing to three key Chinese sectors. Entity's Iris Tao has more from the White House.
2: President Biden on Wednesday signed an executive order to ban certain U.S. investments in Chinese artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and semiconductors. Biden writes in the executive order that such sensitive technologies can be used for the military, intelligence, and surveillance by countries of concern, which constitutes, quote, an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security of the United States. Biden asks that certain U.S. investments risk exacerbating this threat, and he thereby declares an a national emergency to deal with this threat. The latest move comes amid growing bipartisan concerns over threats from the Chinese Communist regime. The Biden administration last year restricted exports of advanced chips to China, and he stressed today.
3: America invented these chips. You all know, semiconductors are those little small computer chips about the size of an your fingertip that affect nearly everything in our lives, from cell phones, automobiles, refrigerators, to the most sophisticated weapon system. Meanwhile,
2: the administration has rest for months that any restrictions placed on U.S. investments in China will be narrowly tailored.
1: These are tailored measures. They are not, as Beijing says, a technology blockade.
2: But some experts say it's necessary to further counter China. So
1: these so-called targeted sanctions and targeted restrictions really aren't very effective. There's probably $2.3 trillion or more uh, uh, of money that's been invested in China. It's just too much money going into the wrong hands.
2: The new restrictions are expected to go into effect next year. Reporting from White House, How Howe, NTD News.
0: Universities and nonprofits across the U.S. may face a tough choice in the future. Last week, House China Committee Chairman Mike Gallagher introduced a new bill called the Ditch Act. It would require U.S. tax-exempt entities to divest from Chinese companies. Otherwise, they risk losing their tax-exempt status. Gallagher said, quote, institutions that want preferential tax treatment must choose. Are they committed to their professed values or of financing a genocidal communist regime? The bill's main goal is to prevent American taxpayers' money from inadvertently aiding the CCP, and finance what Gallagher calls the techno-totalitarian state. Under the bill, taxable funds like foundation grants are allowed into China, but foundations cannot possess Chinese stocks and bonds. Tax-free funds like university endowments and public pension plans are not allowed into China. A waiver can be granted if an organization's need to keep a specific Chinese investment is more important than the potential risks to national security. While the rest of the world is grappling with inflation, China is dealing with another concern, its falling prices. As the country is struggling to get demand going again, it looks like it's sliding into deflation. China's consumer prices fell in July for the first time in more than two years, with the price of goods leaving the factory also in decline. What does this mean for the Chinese economy? Here are the details.
3: The National Bureau of Statistics said Wednesday that the consumer price index dropped 0.3% year-on-year in July. It was the first decline since February two years ago. The producer price index also fell for a tenth consecutive month, down 4.4% and faster than forecast. Markets are worried China has entered an era of much slower economic growth similar to Japan's lost decades. That saw consumer prices and wages stagnate for a generation. China's post-health crisis recovery has slowed after a quick start in the first quarter. Demand at home and abroad weakened and policies to support the economy failed to shore up activity. The data comes a day after the trade figures showed exports and imports both slumped in July. For now, authorities are downplaying concerns about deflation. Last month, the central bank said there will be no deflationary risks in China in the second half of the year, though it did say the economy needs time to return to normal after the health crisis. Now, there is pressure on Beijing to release more direct policy stimulus, as the stock market is mostly underwhelmed by the lack of firm action. Policymakers have recently announced measures to boost sales of cars and appliances. Some market participants say strong stimulus is needed. Investors have waited for policymakers to inject stimulus after last month's Politburo meeting.
0: The Chinese regime rolling out new regulations targeting cyber companies operating in the country. The CCP's information ministry is requiring all app providers to file business details with the regime. All apps with users on Chinese soil will have to finish filing the documents before next April. Otherwise, they may face legal punishments and fines. The new regulation sparked complaints. The operator of an online video platform told Radio Free Asia that she believes Beijing's recent move is to expand its censorship. And it's not only affecting Chinese businesses. The order is also likely to change the rules for foreign developers. According to an app publisher, instead of simply publishing their products on Apple's App Store, foreign developers will need to have a company in China or work with a Chinese publisher. And this is not the only regulation the CCP is rolling out for cyber companies. Last week, China's cyberspace regulator announced that service providers who hold more than one million users' data must undergo annual audits before supplying data overseas. Chinese propaganda on the streets of London, sparking a silent protest. Overnight, the tourist site was painted with big red Chinese characters, preaching political slogans of Chinese leader Xi Jinping. But soon, competing scribbles started to appear, criticizing the Chinese Communist Party ideology. Here's more from Brick Lane in London.
4: Brick Lane here in East London is known for its street art, but the street art that was originally on the wall behind me has been painted over on Saturday with a Chinese socialist message and it sparked counter-graffiti. As you can see from these images on social media, the wall was whitewashed and stenciled with 24 characters. Political slogans used by the Chinese Communist Party to promote the so-called core socialist values. Words that brought back bad memories for a Chinese student who goes by the name Apple.
2: Uh, they almost put it everywhere on the street in China to. Like it's almost like a brainwashing and then we, we, everyone has to remember those phrases when they were in primary school. That's why we are here today to respond to that and to put out our graffiti art. She said they're contacting
4: the artists whose work was originally on the wall to see if their artwork can be recovered. Jake, a local in the area and who used to live in Beijing, said he was shocked to see the wall painted over.
1: This was a tribute to a graffiti artist who died and so it meant a lot to people. So for the people to come and paint over everything is really bad. Um, But then it's an interesting thing about graffiti because it's it's temporary. Someone's going to come and paint over it. I'm shocked that it happened so close to where I live.
4: (laughs) On social media, a student posted images of himself and friends painting the wall. In it, he says, for me, this work doesn't have much of a political connotation. The BBC reported the students appear to have been issued with an £800 fine for graffiti and flyposting. Soon after the slogans were put up, new graffiti appeared, countering the message. People added words to what originally said fairness and justice, so it read no fairness, no justice and so on. Some commented it became a canvas of anti-CCP dissent. Exile Chinese author Ma Jan told us his first reaction when he saw the 24 characters on the wall.
0: These young students don't know the history of the Chinese Communist Party because since 1949, violent revolution, the opposite of civility, has been the values taught in China. So children who grew up in that environment, as well as their parents and grandparents, all these generations grew up holding the opposite
3: values as we do today.
4: Human rights campaigners said they stood in support of the dissenting graffiti, with Benedict Rogers saying, I wholeheartedly applaud, support and stand in solidarity with the brave mainland Chinese who stood up against this and responded with counter graffiti in Brick Lane. Jane Warrell, News, London.
0: Top U.S. officials met with a Chinese envoy in Saudi Arabia during a summit about ending the war in Ukraine. The U.S. State Department called Beijing's presence at the meeting productive.
1: We have long said that it would be productive for China to play a role in ending the war in Ukraine if it was willing to play a role that respected uh, Ukraine's territorial integrity and Ukraine's sovereignty.
0: The summit was held over the weekend in the Saudi Arabian port of Jeddah. It aimed to draft key principles for ending the war in Ukraine. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Nuland attended. They had a brief meeting with China's Special Envoy for Eurasian Affairs and former Ambassador to Russia, Li Hui. The Chinese regime repeated its controversial proposals for a ceasefire. The U.S. State Department didn't address the details of the meeting. The meeting came amid heightened tensions between the U.S. and the Chinese regime. Just over the weekend, the U.S. State Department criticized Beijing for attacking a Philippine ship in the South China Sea. That's followed by the Navy's recent response to Chinese and Russian warships approaching Alaska. Another big story to look out for, U.S. taxpayers may get angry. Public records show their tax money may be going to an illegal Chinese biolab with over 20 infectious agents inside, operated and hidden in California. That report and more coming up tomorrow on China In Focus. But coming up today, struggling to revive demand. China's economy is teetering on the edge of deflation. Its consumer prices fell in July for the first time in more than two years. And factory gate prices are also in extended decline. Why is deflation a problem? And what does this mean for China's economy? We sat down with Anders Kor, a geopolitical expert and publisher of the Journal of Political Risk, for details. More on that after the break, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A concerning twist in China's economic recovery. Following reports of weak import and export data in the world's second-largest economy, deflation is now looming large, compounding the challenges to China's growth rate. But why exactly is deflation a problem for China and what causes it? We speak to Anders Kor, a geopolitical expert and publisher of the Journal of Political Risk, for more. Anders Score, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Right now in the headlines, there's a lot about China's economy that has fallen into what's known as deflation. So to begin, what does that even mean?
1: China's economy is having a huge problem right now. Um, I mean, in terms of deflation, the worry is that consumers in China will uh, decrease their consumption, which is probably going on. They're saving, they're hoping for lower even lower prices in the future which would then have a spiraling down effect so what happened was during covid um businesses thought that uh prices that prices would go up that consumer demand would go up so they produced extra they ordered extra um the demand didn't show up and now they're stuck with a lot of uh, inventory which is they're trying to unload which is decreasing prices so where do you see China's economy going? Right now it's going down. Deflation is seen as a negative, although it's a positive for uh, Chinese consumers. Um, it's a negative for uh, the Chinese Communist Party's ability to tax their own economy because there's less uh, there's less output, there's less uh, buying, there's less selling, that decreases GDP which uh, has an impact on tax revenues.
0: And how is that impacting us?
1: If uh, fewer Chinese are buying uh, consumer goods, um, because, which is what's happening, then those consumer goods can flow to, the, to other parts of the world where there is inflation, um, and that would actually tend to push inflation down.
0: How would China's economic state impact a potential Chinese invasion of Taiwan?
1: It doesn't seem to be impacting Xi Jinping's decision-making in a, in a major way. China is engaging in their own de-risking. Uh, for example, uh, the U- China is very dependent on the United States for corn. Um, they feed a lot of corn to pork, which they uh, depend on for a lot of their protein. Um, they're trying to reorient their trade away from the United States for corn, and they're uh, de-risking their own supply lines. Uh, you know, for oil. Uh, part of their attempt to take over the South China Sea is because they need that oil and gas uh, that's down there under, under the sea. And um, they, they would like to uh, explore and uh, extract that energy for their own use eventually. That's also in part why they're shifting uh, to Saudi Arabia and trying to increase and befriend Saudi Arabia.
0: And on that note, it seems actually today, President Biden is set to ban some investments into China in terms of, say, semiconductors, quantum computing, or artificial intelligence. How would that impact China?
1: When we decrease the ability of China to use the most advanced chip-making machines that are produced in countries like Japan, uh, and the Netherlands, the United States, um, we're really impacting their ability to compete at the highest levels of artificial intelligence, quantum computing, um, and other things. Um, So without access to those computer chips, China's military is at a disadvantage, its economy is at a disadvantage, its manufacturing sector is at a disadvantage. So
0: it sounds like this move from the Biden administration is actually quite a blow to China, is that fair to say?
1: It's a restriction on investment um, from private equity and venture capital. Now, that leaves a lot of other investors who can still invest in China in these these tech sectors that, uh, for example, average American citizens who are investing in the stock market can still invest in uh, Chinese stocks that uh, operate in those areas. Our foreign partners in Europe, Japan, and India can still invest in those sectors. So what we really need to hit China hard is a combined and allied approach. The CCP is able to divert that money to the tech sectors where they want the money um, and provide a, re- a good return to BlackRock, then BlackRock wouldn't even know what its money would be used for. And this is the problem with the complete opaqueness of China's economy to foreign investors now with the new national security laws, Is we just can't tell what we're investing in um, at controlling money flows. There's this There's probably $2.3 trillion or more uh, uh, of money that's been invested in China from U.S. uh, institutional investors. And, you know, it's just too much money going into the wrong hands. And they're essentially turning that money around to use against us.
0: It sounds like what it ultimately comes down to is that communist China as a country plays differently than what the U.S. or Western allies are used to countries playing as. Is that fair?
1: That's absolutely true. Um, the CCP is a totalitarian state. Um, it controls the economy. Um, we don't even know to what extent it controls the economy. It lies about how much it controls the economy. So, for example, uh, ByteDance claims that it's not you know, controlling TikTok in the United States, but of course it does. Uh, and We're we're just outclassed in terms of their ability to coordinate.
0: It seems especially with Xi Jinping, he's really taken on the Maoist ideology and maybe the opposite of the opening up that we saw under Deng Xiaoping. So under these circumstances, is China actually gonna move in the right direction in terms of its economy?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I think that um, he's destroying his economy. Uh, You know, Xi Jinping is destroying the Chinese economy. Um, by ending Deng Xiaoping's biding time and hiding strength approach. Um, that was a brilliant move by Deng Xiaoping. It was it enabled massive economic growth in China um, because no one was really worried about China as a peer competitor or a threat. Now that China's grown, um, by GDP purchasing power parity, China's economy is actually bigger than the United States' economy. Um, you know, now that it's grown, we start to realize, oh, maybe there's a danger here. They don't seem to be reforming, democratizing, liberalizing. Um, they don't have the same values we do. And so, suddenly, we're starting to be concerned. Hopefully, we're figuring this out in time and we're making the right moves. I, I feel confident we are, but it's still a push.
0: Anderscore, thank you so much for your time.